Hi everyone, welcome back to the MetaBullet Step 2 and 3 podcast. In today's episode, we cover the topic of atrophic vaginitis found under the gynecology section at metabullets.com. Let's begin with a clinical snapshot. A 50-year-old woman presents to her gynecologist reporting difficulty with intercourse. She states having vaginal dryness and pruritus. She also reports increasingly frequent hot flashes and mood swings. Her last menstrual period was two months ago. Pelvic exam is notable for thin and dry vaginal vestibule. There is no abnormal discharge. Let's continue with an introduction to atrophic vaginitis. As a general summary, remember that this refers to vulval vaginal irritation resulting from estrogen loss. It is commonly seen in menopausal women, and it is commonly underdiagnosed. Conditions associated with atrophic vaginitis include menopause, primary ovarian insufficiency, and bilateral oophorectomy. In order to understand the pathogenesis, remember that the estrogen stimulation maintains a well-epithelialized vaginal vault, and that there are estrogen receptors on the vagina, vulva, urethra, and trigone of the bladder. Also remember that loss of estrogen results in decreased vaginal blood flow and secretions. This then results in vaginal tissue thinning and reduced elasticity. There is also vaginal dryness and itching, and changes in vaginal pH. Moving on to the presentation. Remember that symptoms will involve vulvovaginal dryness, burning, and dyspareunia, as well as urinary frequency and recurrent bladder infections. On physical exam, one may note thinning of the epithelial lining of the vagina, as well as vulvar and vaginal bleeding from fissures. In terms of other studies, remember that labs are typically not necessary. However, the vaginal pH may be between 5.5 to 6.8 in postmenopausal women, and remember that normal is between 3.5 and 5.0. Serum hormone levels may demonstrate a low estradiol. With regards to the differential, make sure to think about vaginal infections, vulvovaginal lichen planus, and vulvar lichen sclerosis. Remember that this presents with white plaques and intense pruritus, and it is treated with topical clobetazole. And when making the diagnosis, remember that this is typically by clinical history and physical exam alone. With regards to treatment, Remember that one may use water-based lubricants during intercourse, and one may also consider vaginal estrogen therapy. Complications related to atrophic vaginitis include increased risk of urogenital infection, sexual dysfunction, and low self-esteem. And lastly, with regards to the prognosis, remember that it is unlikely to resolve spontaneously without treatment. Now that we've discussed the major points relating to atrophic vaginitis, Let's walk through some questions to apply what we've learned and get a sense of how the topic might be tested. For the first question, consider the following clinical scenario. A 59-year-old woman comes to the clinic due to a three-month history of quote-unquote always feeling an urge to urinate and vaginal pruritus. She states that she has had involuntary loss of urine about four times each day over the past three months, although she does not notice it worsening with coughing or sneezing. Menopause occurred at age 52. She has a remote history of chlamydial infection in her 20s and has had three urinary tract infections over the past year. The patient has not been sexually active with her husband due to pain with intercourse and does not take any medications. On physical exam, the vulvar skin is pale and atrophic with reduced elasticity and multiple areas of petechiae. The vaginal mucosa also has loss of rugae and several areas of friable irritation. There is minimal clear vaginal discharge. Urinalysis is normal and fecal occult blood test is negative. Pelvic ultrasound reveals a small retroverted uterus. Which of the following is the best next step in management of this patient? 
and the answer choices are choice 1, oral metronidazole, choice 2, oral nitrofurantoin, choice 3, topical corticosteroid, choice 4, topical estrogen, or choice 5, vaginal moisturizers. The best answer to this question is choice 5, vaginal moisturizers. This postmenopausal patient is presenting with vulval vaginal dryness and irritation, dyspareunia, urinary incontinence, and recurrent urinary tract infections. This vulval vaginal atrophy is most likely due to genitourinary syndrome of menopause. Reduced estrogen levels after menopause lead to vulval vaginal atrophy by causing reduced blood flow and collagen content in the vulval vaginal tissues. Patients typically have thin vulvar skin and loss of vaginal tissue pliability. The bladder and urethral epithelium may also atrophy, leading to dysuria and urinary frequency. Atrophic tissue becomes thin, dry, and susceptible to injury. The first line of treatment is vaginal moisturizers and lubricants. If this does not improve symptoms, the next step in treatment is vaginal estrogen to help restore blood flow in vulval vaginal tissues. Let's also discuss why the other choices are incorrect. Choice 1. Oral metronidazole is the treatment for trichomoniasis or bacterial vaginosis. While patients with trichomoniasis can present with cervical petechiae and punctate hemorrhages, they typically also have frothy green discharge, which is absent in this patient. While patients with bacterial vaginosis can also have vaginal discharge, the discharge is typically malodorous and symptoms of pruritus are generally absent. Choice 2. Oral nitrofurantoin is the treatment of choice for urinary tract infections. While this patient has urinary frequency and a history of recurrent urinary tract infections, her urinalysis is normal, making the diagnosis of urinary tract infection very unlikely. Choice 3. Topical corticosteroid cream is the treatment for lichen sclerosis. While lichen sclerosis can present with pain with intercourse and vulvar pruritus, patients often have plaques that disrupt the normal vulvar architecture, which are absent in this patient. Additionally, lichen sclerosis does not affect the vaginal tissues, such as is seen in this patient. Choice 4. Topical estrogen is the treatment of choice for cases of vulval vaginal atrophy resistant to treatment with vaginal moisturizers and lubricants. This patient should first be trialed on vaginal moisturizers and lubricants. Finally, a bullet summary. Vulval vaginal atrophy should be suspected in a patient with vaginal pruritus, dyspareunia, and thin vulvar skin with decreased elasticity and should be treated first with vaginal moisturizers and lubricants. For the second question, consider the following clinical scenario. A 67-year-old woman presents to the clinic with complaints of vaginal itching and dyspareunia for one year. She is only seeking medical attention now because she recently entered into a serious relationship and is having trouble with intercourse. The patient denies any discharge, vaginal bleeding, dysuria, hematuria, or urinary frequency. She describes a sharp pain within the vagina during intercourse and occasional fissures at the perineum that occur following intercourse. The itching is intermittent and occurs at the vulva and the vagina. She has tried lubrication for the past three months without any significant improvement. Her past medical history is significant for hypertension treated with lisinopril. She denies any abnormal pap smears and sexually transmitted diseases. A pelvic exam demonstrates scarce pubic hair with vulval vaginal pallor and loss of vaginal rugae. There are also patches of erythema and petechiae of the vaginal tissue. No discharge was noted. The patient complained of pain throughout the exam. 
what is the most appropriate next step in treating this patient's condition? And the answer choices are choice one, oral metronidazole, choice two, surgical excision, choice three, systemic hormonal replacement therapy, choice four, topical clobetazole, or choice five, vaginal estrogen. The best answer to this question is choice five, vaginal estrogen. This patient likely has atrophic vaginitis as demonstrated by her vaginal itching, dyspareunia, pallor, and characteristic loss of vaginal rugae. In patients who have failed conservative management, such as with lubrication, the most appropriate initial step in treatment is the use of vaginal estrogen. Atrophic vaginitis describes the thinning, drying, and inflammation of vaginal walls secondary to the hypoestrogenic state in postmenopausal women. Patients often complain of vaginal dryness, burning, irritation, decreased lubrication, dyspareunia, urinary urgency, dysuria, and recurrent urinary tract infections. Classic physical exam findings include a pale, dry vaginal epithelium with loss of vaginal rugation. Patchy areas of erythema, petechiae, and blood vessels may be present, indicating inflammation. In severe atrophic cases, there may be fusion of the labia majora, which can be difficult to distinguish from that of lichen sclerosis. Non-hormonal vaginal moisturizers and lubricants are the preferred first-line therapy for most women. In patients who are not adequately treated with initial therapy, low-dose vaginal estrogen, such as with a cream, capsule, or ring, is the best next step. Finally, patients with severe anatomic changes, such as introidal narrowing or refractory symptoms, may require pelvic physical therapy, vaginal dilators, and or surgery. Let's also discuss why the other choices are incorrect. Choice 1. Oral metronidazole is an antibiotic used in the treatment of bacterial vaginosis and trichomoniasis, which can both result in vaginal itching and pain. The former presents with a characteristic fishy odor and a mucus-like discharge, while the latter presents with greenish vaginal discharge, cervical tenderness, and an inflamed strawberry cervix. The patient is not complaining of any vaginal discharge, and her physical exam demonstrates atrophic changes. Choice 2. Surgical excision is only indicated in refractory or severe cases of atrophic vaginitis. This patient currently does not have significant atrophic changes, such as fusion of the labia, and she has only attempted first-line conservative treatment, such as with lubrication. The next appropriate step would be to try low-dose vaginal estrogen. Choice 3. Systemic hormonal replacement therapy often involves high-dose estrogen and is usually used in cases of atrophic vaginitis with other symptoms of menopause. Low-dose local estrogen, such as an estrogen cream, is often preferred due to the side effects of systemic estrogen, which includes breast cancer, thromboembolic complications, and cerebrovascular disease. Choice 4. Topical clobetazole is the first-line treatment for lichen sclerosis, which can be difficult to differentiate from severe cases of atrophic vaginitis. A distinguishing factor in patients with lichen sclerosis is that the changes only involve the vulva and does not involve the vagina. In this patient with notable involvement of the vagina, such as the loss of rugae, atrophic vaginitis is more likely. Finally, a bullet summary. Patients with atrophic vaginitis who fail initial therapy of topical lubricants should be treated with low-dose vaginal estrogen. That's all for this review about atrophic vaginitis. We hope that was helpful. This is the MedBullets Step 2 and 3 podcast, a daily audio review session for MedBullets, 
the free learning and collaboration community for medical student education. As a reminder, you can follow along with these podcast episodes by reviewing the topics directly on medbullets.com. You can listen to these episodes on the MedBullets website or phone app while reading through the topic. If the MedBullets podcast has been valuable to you, we'd be thrilled if you considered leaving us a five-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you all tomorrow, right here on the MedBullets Step 2 and 3 podcast.